Mm, dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you that we can come together and worship and Lord, just uh, focus on your name. And, and two, we do we lift up all the people who travel and your protective hand on them in every special way, God. And we thank you for them. And so, Lord, we just thank you that we can look into your word here and that, Lord, you can speak to us and tell us the deep things of you and, Lord, how you move in this world. And so we just thank you. And so I just uh, ask you to open our minds that we can see the truth of what you have to say and each heart would be open. I pray you just anoint me the spirit that I only speak things of the spirit. And I pray that this letter going out, this message going out, would have an impact to a multitude of people, Lord, in this world, in these crazy times. So we just thank you and that you foresaw all things. You don't leave us here alone, and you are our protector in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, we're going to look at, we're looking at, we've been in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, so I want you to open up the 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verses 12 through 13. I have overhead here, and so I put everything on it, so we're going to be in it the entire time. So First Thessalonians chapter 5, 12 through 13, the whole time we're going to be in these verses. Now, when uh, we look at this letter and the context in which it is written, I think we'll have a better understanding of the subject, okay? It's, you know, I think it helps. Uh, the Bible stands alone, what it says stands alone, but a lot of times we talks about, especially in the New Testament, these letters are written for a reason. If we understand the reason, then it helps us a little bit to interpret it. And so why in the world, and I named the, the uh, message, Respect Due Elders. And I'm talking about respect due leadership. Respect due elders. And um, But why would the Apostle Paul think it was necessary? To even, to even touch the subject. And so, and so we think about where this is one of the earliest letters he's written. And so as we said before, you know, he goes into town, he shares his word, and the Jews run him out. I mean, he, he's there a very, very short time, you know, and so he's kind of running for his life after he shares. But he has some believers there, okay? But they're not Jewish believers. They're Gentiles. These are pagans these are just pagans they accept christ so why that's important it's it's like when you share a the gospel with a jewish person who came in they have a whole history they have a whole old testament history so you talk to them of the mighty god and the messiah they kind of know where you're going well now you're going to a bunch of people they don't have a clue i mean they don't know they don't have any background whatsoever and so he shares the gospel with them he leaves well, they got questions, okay? So he writes his letter to answer their questions. And, and it's very interesting is, is he writes this, this letter, which is clearing up, up their questions. You, you see that, you know, he, he covers things like the introduction is very interesting. Uh, he, he says, you are chosen. I mean, he just calls it out. Well, the Jewish are the chosen people. He goes, now nah, you are. <laughs> so it's like, so he, you're changed. So he explains that. Then he goes, and we didn't cover this. And maybe you should. I mean, there's almost uh, two chapters where he just praises them. That's all he's doing. You know, it's just, hey, you're, man, you, you, you're better than sliced bread if they had sliced bread. I don't know. I mean, he is just praising them and these new believers. So he's communicating to them. Then he pulls in and, and he, he starts talking to them. You know, reinforcing the question they had on the resurrection, the rapture, talks about Jesus' return. I mean, so some, you know, some really hard stuff. He's, he's communicating to these people and trying to re reinforce their, their faith. And then to these believers, right after he talks about the day of the Lord, what he says to these believers is that, okay, now you need to respect your leaders and authority. I mean, you go from day of the Lord to respecting your leaders. You know, if, if I'm talking to Jesus, I, Jesus, you know, that's a really abrupt transition. <laughs> you know, she kind of walked us through to get to, he said, then boom, like that. And so that's what got my attention. Why such an abrupt transition? And why did he go immediately after the day of the Lord and all the doctrine he shared with them? And, and it says that, hey, listen, you need to respect these leaders. 
the, these leaders. Um, so that's what he's telling this new found church with no background. Well, we're going to look at this and try to, okay, put our place there and say, okay, God, what's the message you're giving us? And we see this message to this new church is very applicable to us right now, today. Okay, that's the thing about you read the God's word. <laughs> okay, is applicable then. It's applicable now. Nothing's changed. Right. So we're going to look at this and and just um, put ourselves the place the Thessalonians, but also put our place in the Apostle Paul is he is communicating something that is very very important, which comes right after his explanation when Jesus is going to return. Okay, so I just read the verse, and so, so we'll go over these verses, and you keep it in mind. First off, as we look at this, we see, the number one thing, we see that he asked, he asked you brothers, I ask you brothers, and that word is very interesting, it, in fact, it's fascinating, that, and so we all know that the Greek language is a very precise language, you know, it's... I don't think you would ever see anybody in ancient Greece say, hey, man, what's happening? <laughs> I mean, they're not going to do it. It's everything. Is, it's a very precise language, you know. And you can just flip words around because words had a very precise meaning, okay? So it's interesting that the Lord chose to write the whole New Testament in Greek, <laughs> all right? Because it is very, very precise. Well, this word ask is... Um, it means you use it when you make a request of a friend, of a friend. Hey, you see somebody on your street, you don't. Hey, I need you to do something. Well, you wouldn't say that. You wouldn't use this word. You wouldn't use this word. It's somebody close, a close friend. That's where you would use this word in Greek, ask. So he's saying it's a plea that he's talking to some people he knows and very close to. He said, I ask you, brothers... I ask you, I'm making a plea to you. I'm making a plea to you. Therefore, Paul makes a request to the Thessalonians is a friend. Is a friend. Now, the chapters we skipped, two, three, most of them, were about his relationship. Tell them how sweet and great they are like that. So that relationship he has with them. So now he's addressing, okay, dear friends, friends, I need to ask you something. I need to ask you something. Okay, so the tone's set. All right, it's important that the tone is set right here because what follows follows that same tone, that same tone. And so the second thing we come up with is this. Number two, it says, so we kindly ask, we're kindly asking you, dear friend, to respect those who labor among you. Okay, she said, really ask, you need to respect these people who labor among you. Now, again, and this is where, when I look at something, it's just, it's puzzling to me. But you, you see where people come together and they're trying to capture in the English what the Greeks mean specifically, which we don't have any words for. You know, and so so they're fighting to try to kind of how can we communicate this uh, word. And the word here, he's kindly asking them to respect. So look at the word respect. Now, and, and again, this is just for your information, a word like respect when people drive me crazy. Okay, but the word is almost never translated respect. In the Greek language. I'm thinking, now what are you thinking? Well, why not? <laughs> you know, why not? So the word res use respect here, and if you look at your different Bibles, you may have a few little different translations, but most of them translate it respect. But what, <clears throat> how it is translated, the most common translation, the most common translation of this word respect of the original is to know. Now put that in, I mean, in fact, you should circle this because it makes a difference. It makes a difference in this whole setting 
like the word ask. This is a friend. I'm not giving you a command, fall in line as a soldier. No, as a friend, I want to ask you. Now, I want you to, to know. Now, is, in your mind, I'm just being a little facetious, is there a gap for you between respect and to know? You know, it's like, well, so we're going to look at this. Circle that word, respect, and say the literal translation is to know. And here's the meaning, the drawn-out meaning of the word. You have a Vines Dictionary. You can look this up. The meaning of this word to know, it means to know the net worth of someone and get to know them and recognize them for who they are. Let that settle in. That's what that word means. And you see the translator says, we don't don't have a word for that. (laughs) I mean, we don't have a word with that definition. And that's surely too long of a phrase to stick in here. And so respect works. (laughs) Respect works, okay? But let me repeat this. To know. Dear friends, I'm asking you, I'm asking you, to know one's net worth, to get to know them and recognize them for who they are. Okay? Amen. Respect, how you get to know them, who they are. You want to know who they are. So, and recognize them. I know who you are, and you recognize them. Respect works. <laughs> Respect works, all right? And so, and who you want to get to know? These people, these people who labor among you. This is the people. So you recognize, well, everybody? No. The ones who labor. I'm asking you to do this the ones who labor among you. Now, Labor, I mean, it means labor, but the definition is just kind of neat. Labor means those who grow tired with toil. I'm laboring for you. As you say that to my dad, I'm laboring for you. He ain't done nothing. You don't know what work is, you know. So, no, you would never, my dad, you would never go, well, I've been really working hard. He's, you don't know what work is. I mean, that, so just coming from my background, that's, that's what it is. That's what it is. So I think maybe that's where the Greeks were. When he says labor, these are people who toil. <laughs> these are people who toil at their labor. And when I was reading this and kind of, I just circled it and put sweat. <laughs> these are people who sweat. I want you to get to know those people who sweat. And he's talking about the, his body, these people. He's already saying he's, these guys are really, and gals are doing great. So, so, you, so you have this picture. You grow tired with toil. Grow tired with toil. These people are sweating for, they're putting in to God's people. And you need to recognize them. Know their net worth and give them credit for who they are. But you need to know them. You need to know them. Do you realize right now that like 100% of the television evangelists just fell off the chart? I mean, that'd be good. You don't know them. You, you do not know them. You do not. And, and that's what he's talking about here. So, now, and I'm going to do this all through the session of the verses. So I'm saying, okay, I'm going to put these words in. Okay, we kindly ask you to get to know the net worth of your leaders and recognize those who labor among you. That's who I want you to know. And you need to know who they are. Recognize who they are. And you can identify them by their sweat. <laughs> by their sweat. All right. So he goes on and says this, these people, number three, these people are those who are over you in the Lord. 
over you in the Lord. Now, over you is one word, and it means to preside over. It's talking about leadership and responsibility. They're over you in the Lord. Now, so it is definitely talking about leaders because they're over you. English word, they preside over or in many cases, this word is translated, maintain. So well, how would you get to be over somebody and also, and sometimes you can use it, maintain, because those are over. You're maintaining what I've told you, what the word says, and you're seeing that it's followed through the way I want it followed through. you got some people that are making sure things are maintained or moving together, presiding over. Now, what's interesting here, the verb in the original language, the verb means care. So they maintain, but it's used a verb, it means care. So they, they're over you and they care. They care. See, so that all those things are tied in to, to that word. They care, and this word care entitles you know as i read this and i share with you don't you have appreciation for the greek language you know this verb care also entails a sincere interest in people without eroding one's authority and our respect so it's a deep care but it's not eroding one's authority or the respect. So it's really the care and the respect and the labor of one leader that's absolutely heartfelt, but it never erodes their authority or the respect you should show them. I mean, in this pact, I mean, it's, it, isn't this a little mind-boggling? What, here, what he's saying to these folks, and again, these folks don't know anything. They're pagans. Are absolute pagans. So, now we can know this, that based on 1 Timothy and Titus, based on 1 Timothy and Titus, Paul, Paul wrote those letters also. Now, 1 Timothy and Titus are to well-established churches. He's, he's, these churches are functioning. They're well-established. 1 Timothy is not, but in 1 uh, Timothy and Titus. These churches are well established. And so what he does there, he identifies this in more and greater detail is elders. His elders is who he's identifying. And they have the same function as these leaders. Now I'm thinking, well, why didn't he ever call these people elders? Well, I'm thinking, may may not have had any <laughs> they fit those qualifications i mean you just got a bunch of people together you know and they've been in the lord you know two months okay we'll make a couple of you an elder and maybe not <laughs> or you know maybe they didn't even understand what the term meant what does it mean i don't know to tell the elder what does that mean but everybody understands leadership and stuff like that. And, and that's one of the reasons I put is the title, Do Respect, uh, respect Do Elders, you know, because I think that's what he meant. But in First Thessalonians, it's Respect Do Leaders. He didn't use the word elders, you know. And it was like, well, I know he means elders. <laughs> I know he means leaders within the church and stuff. And he says, what's a good word? So I just go to elder, you know, in my, you know, I, I felt I had the, uh, could do that without misleading anyone. Now, so you, so you have this picture where, where the Lord is really communicating something that's very important for what? His church. What he considers important for his church. Now, also we see here that these Christian leaders that he's talking about are leaders that are under God's authority. These are people that God's using, gifting, representing to provide leadership over a body of people. 
the body of people, that are given to, and as you see in other places, to teaching, you know, and to ministering and stuff. Now, we don't get that here, but we get it in 1 Timothy and Titus. We get it. So he just said, listen, you got some people over you, and, you know, and they, they have a responsibility over you. Now, you can take this too far, which a lot of people have. It's like, you want to go to God, you have to talk to me. And I'll hear from God, and I'll tell you what God has to say for you. you see, Well, now that's just demonic, because we have our one relationship with God, individually responsible to God, yet at the same time, we have elders. Same time we have elders. And so everybody understands that. And so that has to function together. And two, unfortunately, when you mention something like, even the term when I read this, again, it's a translation of one word, over you. And I'm thinking, hey, you could have done a better job with over you, you know. But the fact of it is, God said, no, there's, I, there's a relationship. There are leaders, and they are over you. They have a responsibility. But what he's talking to these Thessalonians, he says, you have responsibility to them. You need to pay attention to them. And so... Uh, we understand that they are also under the Lord. Okay? They're under his directions. And I'll, you know, I'll give you a little preview. When God talks to about elders, it's like teachers. <laughs> At one version it says, Not many of you should want to be teachers because they will come under the greater judgment. Well, great. <laughs> see because okay you want to be a teacher yeah you know and it, or when it talks about being an elder in first timothy he said no don't lay hands on too quickly because then they'll fall under the condemnation of the devil you see what i'm saying so so you're so he's balancing all the all these things out but yet it is important position he said no this is how and then he says this is he works through each one of us individually okay but he says, when I work through the church, there's a responsibility to the elders. And I'm going to work through them for that church and what I've called that church. But he says, now, dear friends, this is for your good. Because these people sweat <laughs> for me. And this is their focus. You see what I'm saying? So he's, he's pulling all, all this together. Uh, now, so... These people are recognized by the church, by the church. And, and by the way, that, that position that is not fluid, is, is, is not fluid. Like, hey, I'm Elder Wally, and I'm going to go to this church down here and make a statement. No, you, uh-uh. <laughs> you go back to your own church, we have our own elders. See, and the Bible's real clear about that. Real clear that there's an authority in the sphere in which you are given. And anyone who comes into that sphere needs to ask permission. I always share the thing. I love it when, and one of the, oh, just a fine gentleman, Leon Price, really prophetic. And I mean, if anyone in the world proved and communicated to me the legitimacy of the prophetic word and said with authority, it was him. It was him. And he would come in. He said, is it okay with you? Do you mind if I share? Well, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Then he would say something remarkable to somebody, and I'm sitting there going, holy cow. You don't know that guy, but I know that guy. Only can. And then after he said, he says, now, I don't want to be out of line. Was that appropriate? What is he doing? The authority is not with the prophet. The authority is with the elder. The protection of the church is not the prophet. The protection of the church is the elder. He fully knew it. And I mean, by the time, I'm, you know, I just want, I want to just make you an elder. You take over. I mean, oh, my God. I mean, I was, but he would, he, no, you, you need, you can't do that. <laughs> you, you can't do that. Uh, 
So, anyway, but you have the picture here, so we want to, you know, that the elders are recognized by the church, okay? And the, the uh, church, and, and so, and that's the reason with the, um, I don't think that my opinion looking at scripture, I don't believe a church body appoints elders. I think leadership brings up, see, so-and-so would like to be an elder, and the church body gives a recognition of that, their recognition of, of, of that. And that's a confirmation, is that recognition. And that's before the Lord and, you know, in, in, in what he's doing. Now, again, so you can see where the Apostle Paul is setting this, setting this up for the Thessalonians. You know, he says, we, we got, they got a bunch of people. We got to get these folks together so that they can kind of move forward. And I mean, you'd think you'd get a whole bunch of Christians together and they'd all agree on everything, right? That was humor. That was humor. They didn't agree on nothing. You know, no, it's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, Wallace, you make that decision and you're held accountable. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so we got the picture here. But but it is very. But the point of it is, Paul is saying how necessary it is. It's very important. And then we see in other places, the Holy Spirit gives these leaders the responsibility to care for God's church. Now this is an important thing to look at when God talks about ministry when he talks about gifts and when he talks about all sorts of things when you pull it all together you see a you, you see a consistency like he talks about you know um, ministry gifts he talks about you know different spiritual gifts and all sorts of things where how God has gifted people and all such things okay but when he talks about church leadership he only says one thing elders elders it's not the prophets not the teachers not the evangelist not visiting speaker it's elders see they're responsible for the functioning of the church and this is what paul is talking about here in the thessalonians which he really clarifies in first timothy and titus and so that's god's chosen way it's all right we want to function as near as we can and what the Lord telling us. But again, it's with that body which, which, which the body has given the head nod on these elders. Now I'm going to ask you, why? <laughs> because they know them. I ask you, brothers, to know their net worth. And reckon these are the people you know. See, that's the reason a TV evangelist can never be an elder in your church unless they know him. Know him. And I think it means everybody, you know, you have to, it, it just makes you think about a lot of things, okay? It's like, I know who this guy is, you know? They're interacting. We're up shoulders with them. We're in home group. We're there. We mix. Like, are they perfect? No, but they love Jesus. <laughs> I know them. You know them. You know, with me, how important this is now? All of a sudden, it's like, oh, who's this leader? This is, they work, and I know them. I know them. I know them. Okay, so now you see how this is unfolding. Now, also, then it also we recognize, and we could think, we could be flippant about this. We could be flippant about this and say, uh, you know, okay, fine, we'll get up here, X, Y, Z. I'm pretty Greg up here. Yeah, I know Greg right there. Just, you know, you know give a quick prayer and go. Well, God doesn't look at it like that. He, he, he doesn't look at it like that. He says, this is a big, big deal. And you need to pay attention what you're doing because it's a big deal and I'm putting a lot of responsibility on it and also you are saying that you're willing to step under see so he said this is a, a big deal it shouldn't be taken lightly if any verse in the world tells you it's this the Holy Spirit gave these leaders responsibility to care 
for the church? What is the elder's responsibility? And what I think we're alluding to here in First Thessalonians, which is clearly pointed out in First Timothy and Titus, is that I'm giving these people the function to take care of my church. See, that's the way God looks at it. You know, and the elders should look at it the same way. Look, if you will, at Acts 20, 28. Acts 20, 28. Pay careful, now he's talking to the elders. Pay careful attention to yourselves. <laughs> now, why would he say to yourselves? <laughs> Come on, you know, to yourself. You've got to show some... You need to sweat a little. I mean, you know, you need to make some commitment. Okay. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit made you overseers to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. You know, you say, I'll be an elder. Everybody raise your right hand. Hey, I'll be an elder. And you stand up here and God goes, okay, glad you, you know. And I said, uh, make you, Holy Spirit, see if you're overseer to care for the church of God. And you go, whose church? <laughs> whose church? The church of God. Well, no, these are just kind folks. And we have a couple potlucks together, do some high five work. No, no, that's not who you are. You have responsibility for my church. For my church. Which he obtained with his blood. You mean you're being frivolous and giving high fives on the church that Jesus died for and shed his blood? You need to take it serious. I'm taking it serious. You need to take it serious. Amen? What the, now who are these people? I go back... It's people you know. You know. So there's responsibility. Do you know who these folks are? Why do you bring them up and say, hey, I'll pray over. I pray the elder since he's oldest elder. Been around longest. <laughs> Greg, well, you don't know him, but I don't know him. Have to know him. See, you, you, I, I know Greg. That's good. I know, and that's what this is saying. That's what this is saying here. And so we're getting the picture of what Paul is trying to do this church. I mean, they're just coming together and just, hey, they're having a free fall. This is fun, loving Jesus together, you know. And it's like, we need to get some leadership here. And we need to have these folks paying attention to it, paying attention to it. And these people that are sweating over the word, sweating in things of God, will be able to give some direction because they're putting the effort and time in it and you can recognize it by their labors. It's not a surprise. I mean, Frank said, I want so-and-so to be an elder. Who's that? <laughs> Who's that? You know, why? You know, if anybody says that, it's a, I mean, a regular people, well, that's, you, you know, that, that's the wrong person. That's the wrong person. You see what I'm saying? And that's how the, the, Paul's laying these things out here. So, again, I'm going to read this again. So Peter's talking to the elders, okay? You suck it up, buddy. You need to stand up because I'm leaving. And be, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit made you elders. You know, he said, well, no, you asked me. And I thought, okay, that's good. And I talked to him. I said, yeah, that's not bad. We'll work it in. No, person that you speak to is the one that come in is the one the Holy Spirit is spoke to and touched, and the Holy Spirit gave the commission. They responded to the Holy Spirit for God's church, which He died in His blood. I mean, you almost have the whole—you don't know—you have the whole Trinity involved in this explanation. Okay, now so let me read this. We kindly ask you, you know, my paraphrase, we kindly ask you, get to know the net worth of leaders and recognize those who labor among you, who preside over you and care for you, who are under the Lord's 
authority. Amen? That's what he's saying. I'm, I'm going to share this, and I'm sharing it, my nativity, but also my understanding. The first time I was ever asked to be an elder, and, as you, and I, I'm, I'm making a point about the scriptures. Please focus. It's, it's not about me. It's about the scriptures. And I didn't know. I literally, I didn't know what an elder was. When I first went to church, they said, elders. I said, who are these folks? Were they old? I said, well, they don't look that old. You know, I didn't know. I didn't understand the, I, I didn't understand the term elder. I didn't, you know, Pastor Mary's the pastor. I don't know what the other characters are, you know. But when I read it myself and I read what God said about elders, my thought, this is my young naivety thought, and I thought, oh, my God, being an elder would be the highest position, be the highest office one could hold in this world. That's what I thought when I read it. I said, this is the highest position that you can hold in this world because you're over God's church. I mean, President Biden, he's over the country. You're an elder, you're over God's church that he paid his blood for. I thought, oh, wow, you can't get a higher position. And there's a still, I, mean, I don't think you can. When you stand before the Lord, you know, when he said, okay, well done, my good and faithful servant, because you manage my church in which I died for. I mean, it's like, good grief. No wonder the Apostle Paul, right after the talking about the end times, he's talking about, hey, listen, you, you need to respect your elders. Now, so what we're seeing here, what we're seeing here in Scripture, and isn't it funny, if it wasn't for Scripture, we wouldn't see this. We would not see this. With Okay, yeah, we need somebody, an elder, you know, we need somebody, this is getting totally out of hand, you know. We would, but that's not the way God's looking at him. He's looking at something way bigger. So now what we see here, this connection of believers with leaders is no small thing. Can you see that already? God's going, this connection with these leaders, it's not a small thing. In God's eyes, this is a big, big deal. Now, as you're letting that process through, you're letting this process through, this is, uh, this is fascinating. And it should send a little shiver down your spine, I think, a, a little bit. Support, now listen closely. Supporting a leader, supporting a leader makes us a partner with them in their work. As if we perform that ministry ourselves. And I just use myself. Oh, Wallace here, he preached the message. He's like, okay, that sounds good. We go to dinner afterwards. Okay. But no, it's like, no, I so he preached the message. And I'm so, do, I want to do everything I can so he can continue to preach. Because I think it's that important. You would receive, if it was happened to be a good message, you would receive the same benefit and the same blessing is I would because you supported me, allowing me to preach the message. Same gift. Sit right there and receive the gift. Same gift I would receive. You supported me in giving that message. But do you see how he tied the congregation, the people, to the elders? All of a sudden, it's like they tied together. And here's a verse fascinating you you should write this one down very interesting third john verse eight third john verse eight therefore we ought to support people like these believers therefore we ought to support people like these that we may be fellow workers for the truth support them and you become a worker with them. I mean, that even goes back to like giving. I give 
and support. Therefore, you become a fellow worker. Even though this one's over here is actually doing the work by giving and supporting, you become a partner and a fellow worker by the support. See, that's God's mindset, and that's how he's looking. That's how he's looking at his body. And so he's telling you that you ought to support these people. You ought to support. We may be fellow workers. Amen? Now, therefore, we're going back to therefore. <laughs> okay, therefore. Therefore, the church must know their leaders and their net worth and commitment to the truth. Thus, the church shows its appropriate, thus the church shows its appreciation for their labor. When the congregation fully supports the leader, they become fellow workers with the leader. God will bless those who honor their leaders as much as he will bless the leader himself. It's like it becomes a unit. It just becomes a unit, see, going forward. When, a belie when believers are united with Christ in respectful submission to Christian leaders who labor for the Lord, they are serving the Lord and receive the leader's reward. You hear that? They receive, by supporting the leader, they receive the leader's reward, just like they did that particular ministry. That's gotten, as, as we understand this, that's how God sees things. That's how he, his vision, that's how he sees things. Now, hallelujah, all God's people said amen and amen. Now, here's something. The reverse is true. The reverse is true. So we have here, so we have here, John 3, 8, receive the same blessing the leader receives because we support that leader. Now, take special note of God's warning, of God's warning. Same principle, now he turns it around into a warning. Look at 2 John Second John 10 through 11. Second John 10 through 11. Now here we have talking about false teachers and stuff. Second John 10 through 11. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. For whoever greets him, takes part in his wicked work, or you become a partner with him. Oh, they're so nice, and I know I feel bad for them. We'll give them a meal and sit there and just help them on their way. My heart just goes out with them. God goes, what are you doing? No. You do that, and you're a partner with them. You do not partner with them. <laughs> I told you one time that well, you know who it is. Maybe they came up and I just said, hey, we're different like that. And the guy said, listen, well, we won't be helpful. Let us cut your grass. Mm, don't touch my grass. My grass. <laughs> I'm not going to be a partner with you on anything you do. And I didn't say that. I, I didn't say that at all. But that's the principle behind that. Principle behind that. And so... And so God may, and may, this makes it real clear. You know, how time you go across, and, and we're talking, so we're talking particularly about religious or spiritual things, belief factors. That's particularly what we're focusing on. Uh, you know, somebody's starving to death and they don't know, you know, anything. You know, you try to help. But we're talking about people that claim to be some sort of believer in some sort of something. You know, well, we want to be nice. Jesus says, do not receive him. Well, can I come in and have a glass of water? No. Do not receive him into your house. Do not give him any greeting. Not talking to you. Not talking to you. For whoever 
greets him takes part in his wicked works. You greet him. Hey, hope everything works out. You become a partner with him in his wicked works. That's how God sees that. That's how God sees that. Now, let's think about this, make some applications, and you see a lot of churches and things and different beliefs and little rainbow flags and this, that, and the other. And, you know, all, all by the way, all out of love. <laughs> all out of compassion. You know, all out of caring. Right? Right? And it says, you know, well, Jesus would care. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> no, not based on this. Don't you give him a drink of water. See, anyone, now listen to this, anyone supporting false, misled, or lazy leaders is a partner with them and will receive the same harsh judgment from God that they receive. The judgment, you know, it's like, hey, you support him and I receive the same gift as a leader. You support the evil, you know, then you will receive the same judgment as a partner with them. But I just gave him a glass of water. I told you not to give him a glass of water. I told you not to receive him. See, we get caught up in <laughs> Christian love. That is not Christian love. It's not. We just make it up. We just make it up. So this is what we have here. And, and it's like, well... I really love this church, and they just have a few things wrong with it. Well, you just became a partner with those things that are wrong with it. You didn't just go and enjoy the people. No, you became a partner. You became one who proclaims and promotes by attending. That's what the Lord's saying. That's what he's saying here. And... Uh, we must know, this is the reason, we must know someone's net worth before we align ourselves with them. Before we know our align ourselves with them. We should pass this message to young believers and those evaluating who they should align themselves with. This is, oh, by the way, I am just tickled pink with y'all. I don't feel like any of this applies to you. I mean, it's just doing great. But the depth of it is a little overwhelming when you read about it. And how many people, I don't know what church I go to, and I don't even have young believers, and, you know, it's just, well, I'll go to this church, X, Y, Z, and, you know. And it's like, it makes a difference where you go to church, and it makes a difference who your pastor is. It makes a difference. A lot of good pastors, and there's a lot of just and there's a lot of people. And and you see this. This is where come uh, in a spiritual preach love. Jesus would love them. Jesus wouldn't turn them away. Jesus, it's love, and you have to love like Jesus. And you go, okay, I am going to love like Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to turn them away. I'm not going to give them a glass of water. You know, no. I'm not going to be a partner with them, therefore receiving the same judgment. When God pours out the judgment on him, I'm going to receive a similar judgment because I aligned myself with him. Therefore, I became a partner with him based on my actions. It makes a difference what church you go to and who your pastor is. Love my pastor, but, you know, he's kind of got this thing going. It's like, well, and by the way, we're all fallible. <laughs> we, we stumble and we fall. But is there is life-dominating sin that you see someone carrying out, you know? Well, you don't want under them. You, you don't want under them because then you become a partner with them promoting their sin their sin amen so this is what it's saying and this is and i i just want this is the world we live in all these churches have these little 
you know, rainbow flags on them, that's an anathema. That's an anathema before the Lord. You go there, you don't just tolerate it, you support it. And God says, I'll give you the same judgment that I give them. Amen? You got to, now, you know, I was talking to a guy yesterday, and it not, we hadn't seen him in a long time, so we talked about 50 minutes, and there was a lady, sweetest lady in the world. Anyway, long story short, in the believer known this he said i've known this woman ever since i was a little kid used to go to bible study and stuff but she goes to xyz church with the kindest person you ever want to see and i don't know how she does with xyz on this i don't know why she but but she just loves the lord you know and like that and i talked to her and that's fine i, I talked to her i wasn't you know i wasn't gonna end the conversation which i could have quickly <laughs> you know what i mean it wasn't that it wasn't that top and i don't think the lord wanted me to i was just being pleasant to everybody involved but as he walked off he said you know you know i but you know i, I know even though they go go there that god will really use them now that's what the believer said i didn't say anything to him i mean you don't want to be in, in everybody's face all the time when god gives you an opportunity you share but i thought no she doesn't she's promoting a heresy Every time she opens her mouth by love of Christ and then tells where she goes to church, she's opening, she's promoting heresy. Not, again, not sin, heresy, see. So God's judgment is on that woman, on that woman. And I'll talk to this guy with her, but I'm not asking her over for dinner. <laughs> you see? Because of her, because I would have to confront it then. I wouldn't have to confront it and two you're talking about people they're promoting something doesn't mean every time you walk with somebody that you know happens is oh man they say this they think that no but we're, you're talking about you have one has wisdom and you know how to encourage other people you know how to encourage young believers you know how to people that i'm having a problem with my church and stuff what do you think i think you should support your pastor and your church you should support them why makes you think you don't want to support them xyz well do you agree with X, Y, Z? No. Do you think it's a hindrance? No. Then you need to leave that. Because by you being there, you're promoting that. And therefore, you're being a partner with that. Go someplace where you can be a partner with them on the truth of Christ. Amen? And so this is where, it's, now all of a sudden, you, if you're with me, it came here. Now all of a sudden, you see why the Apostle Paul taught him on this. Oh, the Lord's coming back. Jesus coming back. Well, but you better get this right you, to function. You need to get this right. You need to get these elders in place, people who you see, people you know, people who sweat. All right. Now, what you want, you have, you need, in contrast here, in contrast, you need to honor elders who draw lines which exclude teaching and practice, which is not in harmony with the revelation of Scripture. Godly leaders care for and guide the church. There it is. They care for and they, they care. They care for what's happening here. Now, the next point in the verse that we're looking at, First Thessalonians, is admonish. These leaders are responsible to admonish you. They're responsible. That means that sometimes you have to kind of, let me share something with you. You know, I mean, we're all, a lot of grace and a lot of moving, but every, every once in a while you got to, you know, admonish. Now, to me, when I look at this, admonish to me sounds harsh. I don't, I don't want to admonish you. You know, some, I, that just sounds really, really harsh to me. And, I mean, if God says it, it's fine. But, again, here you have that word that has a different meaning. That can mean corrective. But the word literally means, the word, the word literally means to put in someone's mind. That's what I mean, put in their mind. Hey, listen. And that's why he said, hey, so you need some help. I'm, I'm putting this in the mind. Or you're putting it in the mind, or you're cooperating with the Holy Spirit. I thought, okay, now that's way better. <laughs> you admonish. Hey, you put your arm around. Hey, let me share something with you. 
Let me put this. Maybe you didn't know. You put this, my dear friend. You know, you and my, you put it into their mind, something they may not know. But it's, that's one of the responsibilities. Well, maybe they don't know. Let me share. Put this in your mind so that you can cooperate with what the Holy Spirit's already doing. Great work. Great word when you look at it like that. And admonishment is necessary for spiritual growth. You know, how many times I have people put my arm, hey, listen, I really like what you said here, but, you know, maybe this would have been a little helpful if you, did you see this point? Oh, no, I didn't even see that. See? Or, you know, it can just be totally corrected. Now, so here we are. I'll speed it here. Summarize it again. We kindly ask you, get to know the net worth of leaders and recognize those who labor among you, who preside over you, and care for you under the Lord's authority who put in your mind things cooperating with the Holy Spirit. That's what these guys knew. See, that, that's the ones that are over the church. Now, now here's the next part. Now, you've got this context, okay? You have this context. So, I'm going to read it once more time. I know I'm being repetitious, but when it flows into the next one, it gives understanding to the next one. Okay, so this is what the verse says. We kindly ask you to get to know the net worth of leaders. Recognize those who labor among you, who preside over you, who care for you under the Lord's authority, who put, your mind, who put in your mind things concerning the Holy Spirit. And so after coming to know the net worth of these leaders that are laboring among you, then this is what happens. Ready? Then this is what happened, the fifth point. Once we know these leaders, we are to esteem these leaders very highly in love because of their work. Very highly is an incredible word, and it's very forceful, and the word means beyond exceeding. Hold these leaders in a stand. Hold these leaders in esteem beyond and exceeding all measure because of their personal and specific work. The congregation must identify them and esteem them. Esteem them. That's when you do that. Amen? Amen? And why you? Because you know them. You know who they are. Now, you've got to admit here, and I, I, again, this is not knowing somebody from a distance. I mean, you've got to know them. And anyway, I'm just going to leave it there. You've got to know who you're aligning yourself with. It just can't be somebody on television. I mean, just, I may have a good message, but they have no authority and you shouldn't put yourself under their authority you don't know these people you don't know them so here we go i put it all together again we kindly ask you to get to know the net worth of your leaders and recognize those who labor among you who preside over you and care for you under the lord's authority who put in your mind things cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Hold these leaders in esteem beyond all exceeding all measure because of their personal and specific work. Amen? I swear. I swear. Now, and we'll close with this one. God puts a great value on the responsibility of the shepherd's of the shepherd and the flock. He puts a great amount of value on their relationship and responsibility of each one. This is important as we see pastors and churches stray from the scriptures. Also, esteem faithful leaders because you esteem faithful leaders because God holds them accountable for the ministry to you and the church. Now, there's a kicker. Because he says, I'm going to hold these guys accountable. I'm going to hold them accountable. What they do, it's like, if they mess up and stuff and take advantage, I'm going to hold them accountable. And this is Hebrews 13, 17. 
Hebrews 13. And really, Hebrews 13, 17 makes a lot of sense in context with this whole thing. And it's hard to talk about authority because there's such abuse, you know. But it's there, and this is what the Lord has to say. But look what he says in Hebrews 13, 17. And this is to the leaders. Obey your leaders and submit to them. Or the, to you and the leaders. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls. Now, I kind of read this, and I say, whoa, now that's a kind of step too far. But the Lord, no, it's not. This is what you're doing. This is, what, this, this is your job description. You know, it's like, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Sugar. <laughs> it's like, really? You know, yeah, no. If you fail, if you slack off, and if you're not there to care for some more admonish, you will be held accountable for your disobedience. That's how God and God says, I will. I put by the Holy Spirit, I put you as an elder. And I, if you fail to fulfill what I've called you to do, I will hold you accountable. Well, what? They, no, you do what you're supposed to do. You admonish and you encourage. They don't pay attention. That's on them. But if you don't say anything, it's on you. If you don't live up to it, it's on you. Now, again, it's our relationship with the Lord. But again, he's established order within his body, and he's made it very, very relational. But yet, it comes to the fact that under, before the Lord, that you are responsible, you have responsibility to God's flock in which he shed his blood and died for it. Oh, my gosh. You know, now I'm and I'm being a little facetious, but it's like, you know, President Biden, he didn't have that kind of pressure. <laughs> I mean, that's a, wow, you know. But see, this is what the Lord says. Now, we'll close it with this. God puts great value on relationships and responsibilities between the shepherds and the flock. He, he, you see where he built this relationship, and it's a working relationship. It's a working relationship. And disobedient <laughs> either end, it falls under God's judgment. E either one, it falls under God's judgment. The greater judgment falls on the leaders. See, when I ask God to be elder, I never tell them this stuff. I just defend. They need to read their own Bible. And, you know, it's like they step into it. You know, okay, should have known better. No, I'm just kidding. But hallelujah. But God's, isn't that encouraging though? And so the, what the Lord has done, he's put his church here, and he said, I've, I've got this thing working through it, and through the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to work through these people. I'm going to work through these people. Just like I worked through the 12 apostles. So he told them, I'm going to leave. You're going to do greater things. And I did. And they were totally convinced that wouldn't happen. <laughs> that they wouldn't. All right. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you again. We look at your word. We thank you for your word, God, that you're our teacher. And that, Lord, really, as we look and hold as you are the authority, you are our Lord, you are our God. And we all go before you in our weakness and say, Lord, give us wisdom to move forward. But then you have also organized within the body so many gifts and personalities and differences and you have sent the elders to help to help lord direct that in your will to go before you in your will it's so fascinating that when you called the apostle paul that the elders gathered around him and prayed over him and sent him out you even worked through the great apostle Paul, to the elders of the church. And so we thank you for that. I know the elders here, Woods, Greg, Carlos, and myself, take it very, very seriously. We recognize our own weaknesses, but yet we know you're a powerful God and our eyes are set upon you. 
And so, Lord, we just ask for your direction. So thankful for each person that's here that is shows so much support, so much love and kindness. Lord, that even the message is not even necessary, I don't think, for us. I think it's more necessary for us to be wise and understanding to help others and struggle through that they get into a good, solid, believing church with a pastor that loves you, Lord, so we could see your body grow. So we thank you for that. And, Lord, I do pray. Thank you for this church. Thank you for these people. And we give you glory and honor in the name of the Lord Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Hallelujah. And now you can, everybody freezing to death.